Blog Talk Radio. Amanda Cangaldi, big scoring week seven. Uh, welcome to the Great Iron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio. Tune in, Apple Podcast and uh, Google Cast, as well as Player FM, and also available on Indie Rap Radio. And that's uh, Amanda Cangaldi, uh, week seven against Pittsburgh. What a finish. Uh, 26-21 was the, the score. Uh, Pittsburgh, obviously, disappointed at this point but a, a valiant effort by them uh we're gonna be talking pretty much everything wnfc week seven wfa week seven uh legends football league week six we're gonna recap week five which was the massacre in seattle and and then we're gonna look forward to the upcoming uh, matchup atlanta versus the la temptation so today we are gonna have amanda congaldi in about 45 minutes here of the dc divas to kind of walk us through that uh, awesome game that happened in Pittsburgh. Um, it's going to be a great event coming up this weekend as well as they take on the Columbus Comets. And so let's bring in into the fold here uh, the college football guru and NFL guru, uh, Troy Wilson. Uh, Troy, how's it going? Doing well, doing well, man. I uh, heard about the, that, that huge game, that Hail Mary pass. I mean, that's got to be the most um, – Exciting play in, in, in sports. I mean, when you have a Hail Mary, you complete a Hail Mary pass, especially to win the game, man. That's 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 exciting, man. You, I mean, you can't get any better than that, can you? Troy, uh, what what a uh, week for you in that area. Congaldi with that move in Pittsburgh, and you called it uh, the Black Widows take care of the uh, Connecticut Hawks 22-18. Yeah, just, you know, had a feeling Richmond was going to, you know, uh, make it happen there. Um, I just felt like they're on the upward arc. I like what they've done this season. Uh, I like, I love the way that they play the football, play the game. Um, I just really felt like the, it, this was going to be their week. I mean, they had some ups and downs, but they play, they play tough teams and they played them tough pretty much all season. So I, I figured, um, you know, they would, they would come out pretty well in this. Troy, um, the, Big matchup, uh, Texas Elite taking on the Atlanta Phoenix wasn't much of a matchup. So uh, what does it say about the Spartans here? They're just dominant. Probably the uh, that statement right there becomes the number one seed right now in the WNFC. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, and they've really been handling business, um, you know, uh, this entire season. And you know, I for one, I'm not. I'm not very surprised. I mean, uh, 
even though you have um, – oh, I'm trying to pull up my notes here. Uh, well, you have a clear number two, right? That's, at this point, it's either going to be Atlanta. It's either going to be San Diego, Utah, uh, Seattle. Somebody's got to clear that number two spot because Texas already owns the number one spot. Yeah, for, I'm sorry, man. For some reason, I can't pull up my notes on my computer real quick. Uh, my computer's running slow right now. No, no worries. Um, um, the only thing, that, my point is, my point is, there's they're scrambling for number two, two through four now, because we have what one week left or two weeks left, and they no longer play until we get to the uh, you know the semifinals at this point for the conference finals, in other words. So they're pretty much set. They're done. Um, so it looks like, you know, the WNFC picture is desperation for the rest of the teams to see who's going to be number number two, you know, in the in the Atlanta conference, which is probably Atlanta at this point, the way it, the way it's working out. Yeah, well, you know, um, Atlanta is, is um, you know, with Texas beating them the way that they did. I mean, I mean, forty-five percent. We kind of thought this was going to be a good game. Um, but it was apparently a blowout. Texas, they're just just on another level right now. Uh, And any team that they go out there and play, I mean, they've really been uh, showing their dominance with this. I mean, they they really dominated this game. The Spanish really wasn't even close. Um, You know, they started off, uh, you know, with their 14-0 lead, and they really just didn't let it go after that. You thought Atlanta was going to come back and, you know, they ended up scoring. Um, they ended up scoring a touchdown to, to make it fourteen to seven. But Texas, uh, they just pulled away. Their defense really tightened down, and they really just just put all the steam out of Atlanta. And um, I, I really didn't expect that. I, I agree with you. I thought it would have been a closer game, uh, but they just really asserted themselves. Uh, Texas really just asserted themselves this season, and right now, they flip above uh, you know, above everyone right now. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just, but I, you know, just it's the bottom line now. It's just they are the number one seed in the Atlantic Division, no question there. And the Pacific, we still got a bunch of people trying to bunch themselves in. You know, you got Utah, San Diego, you got um, Seattle, uh, even LA, based on the rankings. Uh, next week, week eight, we are looking at Houston taking on the ATL in week eight. And then you have San Diego Surge taking on the San Diego Rebellion, which I don't think Atlanta will play down to Houston, but stranger things have happened. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Uh, the intriguing match is going to be that rubber match between San Diego and Surge and Rebellion. Um, now, the Surge, I mean, they really uh, took it to them at the beginning of the year, the first game of the season. Um and actually, I think it, it might be a little bit more of the same, but the surge is kind of taking a step back a little bit. So, uh, you know, the rebellion they might have, they might have something to say about this upcoming game. Um, you know, when it comes, especially when it comes to inner city rivalries, and uh, you know, those two are no really strangers to each other, especially since they play earlier this year. And um, I really think that's going to be a nice tilt. You love to see those local games come out with a little bit of the bragging rights. The surge got the first game, and I think the you know. It's a possibility that the rebellion come out strong, but you know, especially like I said, the surge is 
kind of taking a step back a little bit, but I really think the surge is the better team. I think they'll come out with this one. When it comes to Atlanta, they really got to get it together. Um, you know, th- this is a chance to kind of get that bad taste out of their mouth. I mean, it's nothing better than playing a next game after taking a loss like that. Uh, at least you would hope so. So their coaching staff really has to concentrate this weekend on, you know, uh, getting that, their confidence back up. And I think Atlanta comes out and they, they, they try to get it done. I mean, they you know, it's going to be a tough role, uh, especially to get that, you know, after taking a beating like that. You've got to get back on that field. I think that's the, really the best way to get over a loss like that is to get back out there and play. Now, that was a horrible road trip, if you want to consider it. You, get, you go to Atlanta, to Dallas, and then you get you get beaten down like that. It's horrible. That's just horrible. And then you got to ride back on top of that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, probably not a good feeling. Um, San Diego Rebellion, Troy, to me it's one-dimensional. Nenji Martin played both sides of the ball on defense, explosive. On offense, the one-man show, uh, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to have enough to kind of put together San, uh, against the surge. San, the surge is very, uh, very talented with Gidry at quarterback and got a lot of receivers. If they can get the run game going here, uh, I think the Rebellion is going to have trouble. Yeah, I mean, um, I, right now I just think that the surge is just a better team overall. And I think you know we kind of just start with that, but I definitely agree with that. I just think you know um, I, I really think that the surge can, with the way that they play defense, I think they can hold the rebellion down a little bit. Um, but again, I just love seeing those bragging rights game. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the surge takes. It. All right. Uh, so Troy, uh, rebound for Alabama Fire, thirty-eight thirteen against the North Florida Pumas. Is the Puma season over at this point? Because it looks like they play no more games at this point, so they're done for the season. So that whatever they land is where they land. I don't see them on the schedule. Oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. Week nine, they get the rematch against them. So, um, God, was it uh, week one? Is it week one? Do we go back to week one when they when they beat them? Uh, I want to say New Orleans. Week two, actually, right? Week two, week three. Uh, I want to say I, I can't forget which week it was, but anyways. Um, so they get a rubber match against them on week nine, so that could uh, be kind of a up and down. Alabama is still strong with them. Uh, I think uh, Florida has struggled there. Um, the other game was uh, thirty to six, Denver uh, against Las Vegas. We kind of figured that that Denver's improved the last three weeks. Pretty impressive. Um, they're in that mix. I don't know if they're going to make that playoffs or at the bottom of the, the bottom so they can make the playoffs that way. Um, Rebellion, 13-6, a must win. Were you disappointed L.A. didn't put up much of a fight at this point, the Bobcats? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you expected a little bit more from that. I mean, um, but at the same time, I just um, – I feel like San Diego, the Rebellion, I think they're just – you know, they're trying to fix some things. Um, and I really like the way that they fight and, and definitely the way that they play defense. I mean, they've been – they held uh, L.A. to six points. Uh, I mean, I am disappointed in their effort, but I think you also have got to take your hat off to the rebellion. Um, and early in the season, we thought, you know, when, especially when they played um, the surge, you know, it was going to be – you know, it was going to be a little bit more of the same with a rebellion. It's kind of a lower-tier team, but I think they've kind of showed their mettle. 
and uh, gotten some things together. So they they look a little bit better than we thought they were going to look this year. All right. So if you guys missed anything during the week, you go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Everything happening in women's American football globally as well as domestically. Check it out. Uh, I want to give a shout-out right now to our network partners internationally everywhere, and I want to really, really thank them, specifically out in Mexico right now. Tercer Cuarto, uh, awesome for us. Yarda 20, uh, Aventos uh, Guadalajara. We also have Guam Sports, who's supplying us some of the links as well. Uh, and various other partners uh, internationally as well. So really, really appreciate you guys networking with us, bring attention to every league, major league, major players, major teams, and that's what we do at the hub at facebook.com for slash Spread Iron Beauties. Um, so go there, get the lowdown uh, on everything that's happened during the week. You can get recaps of everything that's going on in the sport. Um, so you basically take advantage of everything that our network does, as well as some NFL news, and then uh, a kind of a nice – Spotlight on the WNFC commissioner, Kay Mitchell, uh, who's going for some surgery. Um, so uh, both well for her, uh, bigger than the game, story of uh, Candace Mitchell. And you get it there uh, uh, exclusively uh, courtesy of the WNFC on a published note. And then you can get to watch our no-joke football athlete, uh, Michelle Marshall, uh, playmaker extraordinaire, game changer, right, Troy? Just a, a talent of talent. And she's right there. Um, she's part of the IWFA as well when she's not playing in the Legends Football League. So dual, uh, dual ba- uh, baller there. Seven-time IWFL champion with the uh, Texas Legacy, as well as now with the Austin Ravens. And then obviously with the acoustic prior to that and the Atlantis team uh, currently. So uh, Michelle Marshall, uh, Troy, what do you say about that? Just to win a baller. Yeah, man, hell of an athlete. You know, love watching her play out there. We, you know, we I watched her last week um, on, on the U, on YouTube, and um, I just think that she she really gives them a different dimension at the quarterback position than they've had there. Um, I know it's a little bit of a controversy when when the change was made, but I think they made the right decision uh, going with someone like Michelle Marshall. I mean, as you said, she's shown that she's a champion everywhere she's been. So um, I definitely like the move, and I love the way she plays the game. All right. Um, you guys get to pretty much go through the hub every week. Uh, it is the uh, best place to go to keep in tune with what's happening in women's American football globally. Really appreciate everybody going there. So go to facebook.com for Saskatoon Beauties and check it out. You can also go to Twitter, the number one sports Twitter site covering women's American football all the time, and that is at Gilbert Iron Beauty on Twitter. So between the hub on Facebook and go to Twitter, uh, number one Twitter sports site covering women's American football exclusively. So legend style plus full kit. So we're there. And then also don't forget Instagram, Snapchat, pretty much everywhere. We're almost everywhere. So uh, so just check us out. Uh, like us. Uh, leave us some notes, comments, anything like that, and we'll get back to you as well. So we are uh, almost – uh, Troy, we are about to be on iHeartRadio. This boy's working his butt off to try to be on iHeartRadio. Bigger platform. Hopefully we can get some revenue going and start getting getting paid to all the host co-host as well. So uh, we're working overtime here just trying to get ourselves on iHeart. But currently we're on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, Player FM, Indie Rap Radio, plus Block Talk Radio. So you can find us pretty much everywhere. Um, so spread the word. Uh, the more that our podcast goes out, the more people are going to be made aware of that women do play American football and they play at a high level. And 
globally. All right, Troy, um, WFA Week 7, uh, Divas. We're going to have Kungeldi here in a, a couple minutes here. Uh, Divas, 26-21, and that uh, Hail Mary win by your uh, little hometown team there, the D.C. Divas. So pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, you know, again, man, that Hail Mary pass. I mean, anytime you can get something like that executed, man, I mean, just, you know, we always, and you know, a lot of times we we love to, you know, put the, you know, give love to, to, the, to the quarterback. But you got to give, um, you know, a shout out to everybody involved in that one. I mean, the line blocking. I mean, she took a hit right before she let that pass go. And, um, you know, then you also got to give uh, credit to the catch. I mean, you score a touchdown like that in the final seconds, I mean, you will never forget that. You will never forget That's that. So, man, have- Katrina Wilson, Megatron for D- uh, Divas, what a stride. That, that girl's got stride. You not, not, they weren't going to catch her. Just once she got the ball, she was just striding. Yeah, man, that's that's just a beautiful thing. And you know what? That's a very, very strong last name that she has. Very powerful last name. It's pretty good. Really, Troy? You know, yeah, man. You know, you gotta get you gotta give love to all the Wilsons out there for that one. You know, so <laughs> just a baller. Let's just say baller. The Wilsons are ballers. Obviously, she took it to the house. That that is a hell of a that's a hell of a catch. That's a hell of a play. I mean. Again, they'll never forget that. I mean, that'll be with them forever. I don't care what level that you're playing at, a Hail Mary pass. Or anytime you catch a pass to win the game, man, and especially from that Hail Mary, that's that's just great. All right, Troy, uh, I don't know what to say or how to say it, but I think the Renegades are either very angry and they just want to get to the to the finals like now, like this week or next week. They're just blowing people away, 68-0. to zero. The firecracker, Ruta Mata out there, uh, Beinecke, Allison Cahill, <laughs> Smith. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know what to say. I've been watching their games since week one, and uh, they are just almost as, if not better, than the Texas Elite Spartans right now. They are just mowing people around. And the recipients are your uh, your squad right there, right behind you, uh, Baltimore Nighthawks. They have just fallen off the map the last two weeks. They're just not, they're just, they were not giving up anything, and now they're just getting they're getting donuts. Results in donuts. That's not good. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what happened. I mean, they just really just fell off the shelf. I mean, they're you know they were stopping people, and then all of a sudden they started to give up points the last uh, two out of the three games. They haven't been able to score any points. Also, I mean, their offense has literally had three straight donuts. Um, I'd like to know what's going on. I mean, what what has changed now? So. Um, they started off pretty well, and we were impressed by the way that they played against uh, Richmond in the beginning of the year. And uh, right now, it just seems like, as you said, they're just falling off the map right now. That New York Wolves uh, matchup, week six, I think did it for them. That's when they lost 7-2. to two. So I don't know if that did it for them, but that 7-2 to two loss has really affected them somehow. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's, it's really just inexplicable. Um, you know, the the Wolves, they, you know, up to that point, the Wolves were having their own issues, um, you know, uh, getting wins out there. I mean, they beat Maine earlier in the season, and then, you know, for them to beat Baltimore, and, and we thought Baltimore, we were really impressed with them in the beginning of the season, and we just all of a sudden it just starts to tail off. 
Um, so yeah, that, that has to be a demoralizing loss. At, at, you know, with that, and then also that allowed New York to uh, now New York has won the Wolves. They won two straight after beating the New York Knockout this past weekend. Who also has their own problems. They've only really won one game uh, this season against Maine, also. So um, yeah, it's, it's starting to you know things are starting to take shape. But you know, I'm just really surprised at the way Baltimore has fallen off. Uh, in the past few weeks. That's really surprising. Uh, Troy, would you say the Renegades are it? I mean, this is it? This is this is the team that we are going to see in the uh, in the WFA Finals at this point? I mean, they, they look unstoppable. They look in sync. They look really good. You know, they, right now, I, I, I would have to say this. I mean, they're, they're heading above everyone out there. I mean, but at the same time, you still have those DC Divas, they're lurking back there. I mean, that's the you know the team that uh, gave Boston the most problems uh, this season has been the DC Divas. You know, only the DC Divas only lost by five points. Everyone else is really just they haven't even been close uh, to that team. But yeah, I would say DC they have a propensity to you know to find ways to win, and we kind of saw that this past weekend. Uh, Boston and D.C., they they play each other at the end of the season, uh, final game of the year, and, uh, June 15th for the regular season. So um, I think that really will tell the tale as far as how that goes. But right now I'm not ready to crown them yet because you still got that champion, uh, that D.C. Divas uh, organization right there, and they play like champions. So I'll never count them out uh, until they're out. Uh, but right now you got to say Boston is heading above everyone else, especially in the East right now. Troy, the Battle of Ohio, uh, Columbus Comets out to prove that they are the, a better D2 squad than any other years in the past. 20 to 12 to take care of the Fusion, and they get to be tested next week. They get tested next week in D.C. against the D.C. Divas. Yeah, um, that's 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 going to be a tall order. That's really going to be a tall order because, um, as you just stated before, D.C. is just, um, you know, they they chop people down. But, you know, you got you can't take anything away from Columbus. I mean, they, they right now they're on the roll. They won five straight. They looked impressive against Cleveland. They also looked impressive against the Cincinnati Sizzle, you know, um, two weeks ago. But now you're dealing with a different type of organization. So we'll see. Um, this, this is a, a, a landmark game for, for Columbus. This is this will be the biggest game that they play this year. they got to go on the road to do it. Um, but, you know, they have to go into D.C. to play that. But I think this is one of those games where you spotlight it, and I'm pretty sure they had this game circled in the beginning of the year as to say this could be our statement game. And, you know, what a way to do it than to play the D.C. Divas who have had this legacy of, of winning championships and just been winning programs in WFA. All right. So, Troy, we haven't talked dark uh, Detroit Dark um, Angels. They were on the Nike commercial, the Dream the Nike commercial. So, shout out to them for being on that commercial. Pretty pretty impressive commercial and impactful. Um, so, Detroit – 47-7 to seven takes care of Cap City. We figured that was going to be the case. Not a big deal, no big deal. They get the passion coming off that Hail Mary uh, loss. What do you think of that clash? Undefeated Detroit now will take on Pittsburgh. He's probably a little angry that they even let that pass happen. Yeah, um, Pittsburgh. Is, this is one of those games where Pittsburgh is going to have to get off the mat. Um, I know they're disappointed in the results of the D.C. game. 
they got a hot Detroit team. Uh, they have to go into Detroit to play this game. So, um, you know, Detroit is going to be – they're going to be amped up for this one. They're going to be raring to go. And you like what they've done on the offensive side of the ball. They've, they scored a lot of points to put up a lot of yards this year. And their defense has only allowed 13 points. Pittsburgh is a little bit different with the teams that they've played. The, the, you know, much the pedigree is much more uh, defined. So it's going to be a tough matchup for them. I'm really aiming to see, what, you know, what happens here because, like we said, we know Pittsburgh's pedigree. In Detroit, the Dark Angels, um, you know, with five and zero right now, they're a hot team. So we're going to see how this goes uh, next this coming up weekend. I really can't wait to see what happens with the results of this one. Gonna be interesting to see that. Um, Orlando just puts a whooping on Daytona. I don't even think Daytona showed up, and I think Orlando's out to prove Massey wrong because they're not even number one right now. They're like number three on the Massey ratings. So, uh, you know, I think they're just angry at this point that they're not getting you know the love. But ha- shout out to Nevada, Nevada versus Sin City. That was the D three number one versus number two. And guess what? Number two decides to come out on top, 28-12. to 12, And we now have the Nevada Storm, the best football team nationwide in D3. So congratulations to them, 28-12 to 12 against the Sin City Trojans. Yeah, I'm uh, Nevada. I mean, they, they came out swinging. I mean, we thought, um, you know, I, I, I actually didn't – I thought Sin City would have put up um, more of a battle, but I really think that that Cali War game took a lot out of Sin City. I mean, they started the year 4-0, dominating, you know, top to bottom uh, on the defensive side and the offensive side of the ball, and Cali War came in there and, and beat them down a little bit, and, and I think that kind of took the steam out of that team, and it kind of showed against that in the Nevada game. I mean, Nevada is no slouch either. I mean, they're five and zero. They can't, well, four and zero coming into that game, and they've only allowed two points all season. But I, you know, it was a good game played. Uh, so, but, but you know, when, when all is said and done, Nevada had to go on the road to make it happen, and they did. They got it done. So they move on. Um, and Nevada plays Kern County uh, coming up this week, and I think really Nevada is just going to keep it going at this point. But they also have to see Cali War in, in, um, in two weeks. And I think that's going to be a huge matchup for them. I mean, that's that's one of the ones that they have circled. I'm sure they also circled Sin City on there. But Cali War is, is, is really, you know, the the, the bell cow in, in out west. And I think that's really where they're going to cut their teeth and, and, and show what they are made of coming up. All right. Uh, mile High. Uh, shout out to our girls out there, Sweet Laurie Jones and Sasha Cruz, our No Joke Football athletes. Uh, Fifty-six to zero, Troy. Uh, we talked about it every podcast now. Uh, Gwen said she was coming to win it all in Division Two, and uh, Las Cruces somehow the recipients of a fifty-six to zero beatdown. Man, I just, just you know, looking at the scores that that they're putting up the points that they're putting up and, and what they're holding people to, they have just really been impressive. Mile high is just chopping it down despite all the injuries that they had in the beginning of the season, um, you know, before the season even started actually. And, and look at them now. I mean, they're, they're six and oh, uh, they're on top right now. They got a week off and then they got to, they have to play Utah at home. And then they end the season in Kansas city, uh, which really, really played them tough. 
uh, early in the season with the 9-6 win is really their only contest um, that looked like there was anybody that was going to slow them down. So I know Kansas City is going to be looking forward to that one. And I know also Mile High will probably be, be looking forward to that also because what they want to do is they want to show dominance. And they probably felt like they didn't play their best game against Kansas City on April 27th. So I know both of these teams are looking forward to it. And I really think once it's said and done, I mean, this would be a a, a huge matchup for them, Um, especially since Kansas City hasn't won a game. So I I know they feel like they can play better. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how Mile High responds at the end of the season also. All right. So Troy uh, Cali War uh, goes to Kansas City 35-18. The Titans did put up a really good fight, probably the closest matchup that the Cali War has had in a little while. So congratulations to Sowers and company out there. They, they put up 20 points on Cali war, 35, 20, uh, 35, 18. So Kansas city, tougher competition this year with their scheduling. They've been facing some good quality D2 squads as well. And so that is just a, unfortunately they're going to be 0 and 6 uh, at this point. So it's just a heartbreaking schedule, but it's just going to make them more durable for next season. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking at their schedule, man. It's they play Minnesota, St. Louis, Mile High. I mean, they, they're playing the, the the monsters, Cali War. Yep. I mean, they're, they're really, really big time squads. Um, but and and they have the you know, looking at the scores. I mean, they they really battle hard in these games. So I mean, they kept it close. I mean, you know, they probably had the toughest schedule in the WFA uh, this year, and and it kind of shows right mm-hmm. now. Maybe a little bearing on them. But uh, you really like the way that they compete, and despite the losses, they look they they really have been competing all year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's one of the if you equate it to college football, Troy. You know, I would say uh, certain schools just kind of like you know sugarcoat their their schedule at this point. But Kansas City, you gotta give them credit. They didn't sugarcoat their schedule. They were they're playing top notch D two, and they're playing their own D one level competition. So. You know, hats off to them for a great season this year. Just on the, uh, just come out short almost in every contest. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's it's, it's heartbreaking because we know where you know where they were last year and, and and really in the playoff hunt. And this year, it just didn't seem like it's really panning out for them. They didn't get the breaks this year at all, really. Um, but I'm pretty sure they want to go ahead and finish the season strong, as you said, build build on build upon uh, next season's roster and um, see if they can build up from there. All right, uh, Troy, we get Vixen Slam. That is the marquee game for the WFA this coming week eight. It, uh, I, I know Pittsburgh and Detroit is probably the game that we want to watch in Columbus and D.C., but the game I'm watching and keep will be Vixen Slam. Can St. Louis or can the Vixen, you know, take care of each other there? It's going to be a great clash. Well, we know the Vixen has a pedigree. St. Louis has really been on a tear the last two seasons. This could be their their match of uh, – this would just be a huge game for them. Um, Minnesota has to go on the road. They have to go into Missouri to play this game. And St. Louis has really been dominant all season also. So, yeah, man, I'm definitely looking forward to this one. Um, they pass the ball. They're a little bit more balanced uh, than most of the teams in the WFA. So it's really going to just be a, a different picture for Minnesota. Minnesota is not really used to teams that, that are very balanced. 
Uh, they've been playing a lot of running teams, but I think with this game, this will be on their toes. I'm going to go out on a limb here, man. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the underdog. I think the St. Louis Slam take this game. I like because I like the way that they have balance on, on offense, and I think that's one of the rare teams that have that balance where they can run the ball and they can pass it and do it well. All right, uh, Troy. You know Laura Brown's listening, so she's got her. She's going to get her crew fired up right now. <laughs> so I'm going to go against you. Even though I like Taylor Hayes and the slam, I just think uh, the Vixen is kind of a lot more veteran uh, gelled out there. Um, I think they will beat them by maybe a touchdown. It's going to be a very close game. Even a field goal at this point would be the difference. Um, God, I, I, I don't want to go against the slam, but Minnesota's been playing good D and also good numbers on that. Can they stop? the slam run game and the offense, if they, if they can do that, they get the win. Um, if they can't, they're, they're going to just get surprised by St. Louis as to your point. Yeah, and, and, and I, that's a fair point, but it, and that's, I guess that's the thing, right? Because if you take away one, you're open, you're exposing yourself for the other. And so if you go ahead mm-hmm. and you stack the you're going to get beat over the top because they have, the, they have the ability to pass the ball and I really don't think there's too many teams in the WFA that have the balance that they do. So I really think I really like St. Louis's chances. They're at home in this one, so I'm going to keep in mind. I think I'm going to go St. Louis. All right. So you're St. Louis. Uh, I'm taking Minnesota. Uh, we'll see what the outcome is in Week Eight. Town Square TV. That's where you want to be, and you'll see Minnesota against St. Louis uh, this weekend. Marquee in D3, Nevada against Current Crusaders. Nevada coming off that big uh, statement win, 28-12 over Sin City. Should be taking over the number one spot in Massey for D3. Pittsburgh against the Detroit Angels. A big test for the Detroit Angels. A big rebound game for Pittsburgh on the line here. So, uh, Cazzo and um, Baker and company out there, really, uh, after the loss to D.C., uh, should be able to kind of try to rebound on the road again. Columbus. Against DC, you should see it on DC Divas Live. Uh, should be on the Facebook page. Uh, Facebook page. Uh, it's going to be Columbus. Uh, big test for the Columbus Comets, and they get to see Troy, your girl, Condi Aldi, who's coming up here in a couple minutes, uh, in action live at the St. James. Yeah, she's just you know she's had a, a great season so far. Um, she has over a thousand yards passing. Another one of those teams that, you know, that can uh, run the football, but they actually throw the ball a lot more this year. And listen, can call the 10 touchdown passes. She hits completing 64% of her of her completions. And here's the most important stat. She has zero interceptions. She really takes care of the football. So it's going to be a tough ask for, for Columbus to, to slow down that kind of attack. I'm um, not sure if they're ready for it or, or, or really equipped for it. But um, this is just definitely going to be a good look for them, uh, well, a different look for them than what they're used to. All right, so Mississippi Panthers taking on the Derby City. Big clash right there. Uh, Mississippi balling over everybody except for the royalty in their own state. But other than that, Derby City has played some tough matches against the Slam as well. So big, big test for both of these teams, Panthers against Derby City, and that's going to be – pretty much the marquee. So that's what I have for week eight. Uh, WFA key matchups in week eight. It is Pittsburgh 
Detroit. That's where the matchups we're going to be watching. Kerr, Nevada, Minnesota, St. Louis, Columbus against D.C., and Mississippi uh, Panthers against Derby City. So that's what we have in the matchups here in the WFA Week 8. In the WNFC Week 8, it is uh, the uh, San Diego Rebellion against the San Diego Surge. That's going to be the game that we're going to be watching for on, on in Week 8 at this point. Um, so, Troy, let's go to Legends. The massacre that was in Seattle, 70-6. to six. Uh, Our girl, shout-out to our girl, Anna Garza, out there for trying to make some plays on this anemic uh, heart squad. And uh, Laura Couch, uh, congrats, congratulations to her for debuting in the NFL and the LFL. Yeah, that's um, man, that's that that was that was a difficult game to watch, especially if you're a fan of Omaha. Um, Seventy to six. I mean, I kind of expected that to to, to go down. We both did. Um, just, it, it was, I mean, they were just just flat out amazing out there. Uh, but yeah, Lauren Crouch. I mean, this is. She's uh, got an arm, Troy. If if uh, Dante Allen can figure out how to how to put some playmakers around her, she's got an arm. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's she's got the lineage. Also, I mean, Eric Crouch, who played for the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers in two thousand one, also the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, you know, they're family, so she, she has she has the pedigree. So you know, you, if you look down that lineage, if you get college football fans out there, man, they definitely know who Eric Crouch is. Um, so yeah, you kind of expected her to have the you know the pedigree for it. She definitely did this point. Uh, got that strong arm. She's fast. Uh, you know, she's smart. She she, she just has it going, man. I, I really love watching her play. She's a great. She's a great great player, and she's only going to get better. That's the thing. That's the really the scary thing. I mean, she's. Just getting there, and already right now, she is really um, her, her star is bright. Can't wait to see her play again. Troy, the Omaha uh, experiment that's been happening for so many years. I mean, th- this is finally. I when I saw the game, you know, minus obviously the debacle that is, you know, Seattle just tearing you apart. But when I saw the game, there was potential there. A couple drops by a couple receivers. Uh, Anna, big time catch, almost to get to the to the end zone there. Uh, playmaker there and so uh, Lauren really if Dante Allen can put some weapons around her you know a, a, a nice center a tight end somebody that can uh, you know can catch the ball basically some good hands on there she's got the um, you know the reach she also has the gun and she's got mobility so first game out I think she's got jitters here they're going to take on I think Nashville which is a brand new squad as well we don't we have no idea what Nashville is going to look like so this could be uh, a situation where Lauren Crouch can come and maybe beat Nashville. And, and listen, if Omaha can do that, if they can finally, you know, get a, a, just a, a star quarterback. I mean, you have Matavis, but you know, she, that's that's you know, having a running back right now in the LFL is just not enough. You need a playmaker at, at the quarterback position, and they definitely have that right there. So I just think as long as you have a quarterback. You now have a chance, and this can only help them, especially when it comes to off-season recruiting. There are going to be a lot of ladies out there that want to play with us. So, um, you know, when it comes down to it, I think what Omaha has found is their building block, and they they desperately needed that. Anna Garza taking a back seat, um, but you know what? 
I think she would she would probably be on board with it. Any kind of competitor would be upset about it, but if she does get to get a chance to still play, you know, they're just gonna have to use her linebacker and, and, and so to speak. So um I really like this I really like her uh, uh Aaron Crouch out there. She looks good. Hey, uh, Troy, I was uh, kind of chuckling because uh, Matheny and Garza going at it. Same height, same same gritty, you know, that kind of deal. So it was really good to see. They were going back and forth. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's the two vets out there, man. So, you know, you, it's a competitive edge. You know, you want to you want to compete, especially when you see your counterpart on the other side that, you know, you're also familiar with. Definitely want to see that happen. Yeah, I mean, she's feisty. Um, you saw her in action. Uh, she was really good on pursuit. And so that's one of the things that uh, you have to do against Seattle. And I think she did a really good job with certain key people, but the rest of the team just did not tackle very good and were not very good in terms of pursuit. And so, you know, Snore, Randall, and Alberts just literally just – you have holes and they just take advantage of it. Yeah, it was um... – Kind of reminiscent of you know when Seattle played the played another Hall of Famer out in L.A. I mean they just have a propensity to you know mm-hmm. you're going to need more than just one star to you know to slow that team down. I mean they really just uh, they'll put it to you and they they come at you from all different directions. Especially when you have the bull back there, He's still one of my favorite players. Love the way she plays the game. Um, so yeah, it was going to be a tough ass for her. Just you know just. Yeah, for Anna just to slow them down. She's definitely going to need some help around them. But, again, I think this, this team right now, they have a building block to do that. Um, when you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And right now, I think Omaha is going to be definitely us at this point. Great find for them to get her in, into that organization, and I think they only get better from here. All right, Troy, uh, Atlanta versus Los Angeles at Ontario coming up this weekend via YouTube. Uh, on the YouTube LFL channel, uh, it was 34-31. It was a nail biter, and Salerno looks like she's back. I don't know what happened to Atlanta until we watch it this weekend uh, live. But uh, unfortunately, uh, the uh, the score was 21-20, and it was in favor of Atlanta, I believe. And then in the second half, they uh, Los Angeles just took control and they edge uh, the steam. 34-31. Yeah, it's just um, I hate to keep you know bringing this up, but Atlanta just has they still having trouble finishing games. Um, but you know what? If you play a tough team, and LA is definitely that, and they have the horses on there that can compete, I mean they definitely have a chance. So I, I will say it, it's less that. It probably is less that Atlanta made a mistake, and it's probably you got to take your hat off to L.A. just because they, they play the way that they do. I mean, they they have some champions on that team, too. And, you know, yeah, definitely- um, playmakers this year have been the difference makers for Los Angeles. So when you watch the game, you get to see a T.J. Anderson on there. you got Max uh, Gaxiola back on, on point. Um, you have Salerno pretty much almost back to, what, 2012 form? when they won those four titles. So she looks pretty impressive there. And then uh, Atlanta has underutilized some of the top talent. So I don't know if the issue is uh, too much talent and not enough, uh, you know, playbook to get to everybody on, on that ta- on that talented roster. But we'll see 
what the outcome is uh, on Saturday via YouTube. And then on June 1st, Troy, that's when we get Nashville. The new look Nashville Knights take on the Omaha Hearts. And like I said, that'll be Lauren Crouch's really big, big, big debut for her at home at, at, at Ralston. So that should be a great thing for her if she can punch that win against the Knights. That'll put herself right up on top with the uh, hard fans. Guarantee this week the ticket sales are going to be up in the Omaha area. I mean, because she's must-watch TV. So great! This is great news for the LFL. Great news for the Omaha Heart. Um, and you know, Nashville's going to have their hands full this coming up week. So I, I really want to see what they look like. I mean, they've lost so many people. They lost so many of their horses. You know, a lot of them went back to Seattle. So I want to see what this team looks like this year. So I'm very interested to see what happens in, in this um, in this game and then get a chance to watch uh, Lauren Crouch one more time. So I'll definitely take two and then watch this. All right. So, Troy, uh, this weekend coming up, join the 2019 Girls Tackle Football Championship, the Utah Girls uh, Football Championship games. will be Friday, May 24th at Harriman High School. Uh, $5 per person, 20 per family. The Utah Girls We'll get into free with their jerseys. Uh, Canyons versus West Jordan Elementary at 5 p.m. Bingham versus West Jordan for junior high at 6.30. And then uh, Harriman 1 versus Harriman 2 for the high school championships. So uh, Utah Girls Football Championships this weekend. Still there with you? I think he dropped off on us, uh, but we're going to have a Utah girls uh, championship uh, games on Friday, May 24th. And then you're going to get to see three matchups throughout the day. And it's uh, going to be pretty exciting uh, to watch that this weekend. So we'll get uh, maybe feed from crystal Sacco uh, and officially on the Utah girls football league. So we'll see how that uh, transpires this weekend. We'll keep an eye on it as well. And we're going to go into the huddle. Uh, sponsored by Zazzle.com. You guys can go to Zazzle.com. Zazzle has been our sponsor for almost six years. We are very grateful for them. So check us out at Zazzle.com for slash Grand Beauties. Get your no-joke football gear and get uh, leggings, T-shirts, and everything else. And then take advantage of free shipping with Zazzle Black for about $9.99 for the year. You get free shipping in the U.S. So check it out at Zazzle.com for slash Grand Beauties. You can also, uh, if you want to go to Zazzle, and not our shop. You can also get some cool stuff from Marvel and DC as well. So pretty awesome stuff out there as well. So let's bring it into the huddle. The uh, quarterback of the moment this past weekend in uh, week seven and took down the Pittsburgh passion. And that would be the uh, viral sensation. That is uh, Amanda Kangeldi of the DC Divas quarterback. How you doing, Amanda? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Oscar? Doing great. I can see that you're just exploding like Steve Young all season. What's going on there? Just like just killing it. <laughs> just killing it. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> no, a lot of it is, a, you know, I'm very fortunate to be around a, just a lot of talent. You know, we've recruited a lot of great players, and, you know, especially on the, you know, the receiving end, we have a new offense. So it's more of a spread spread offense that really suits our skill set and our players and what, what they can do, you know, their strength lies. So um, just, just it feels like an entire different team, to be honest. And, um, yeah, I think as an offense, we've really, you know, we really have started to come into our own. It's pretty exciting. 
Well, I'm I gotta tell you, I'm just not gonna joke around with you, but you you somehow you pick up Jennifer King, then you bring uh Olinchuk, right? All back. And mm-hmm. then you pick up like mm-hmm. all these pieces from everywhere. I mean, I don't know what Rich Daniels like <laughs> negotiating is the cookies and whatever, but everybody's like coming into Saint James. Yeah. Um I think it's a, a lot of it's tribute to you know, just the the history of the divas and and the culture that we have here, um, you know, a lot of a lot of players know who the you know the divas are, you know, because of just their tradition and what they have, you know, built here from the ground up. And you now Rich is a big factor because he's he, before he became the owner, you know, Maya is one of the hardest working people I've ever been around in any profession. And you know, now that he's become the the owner of the team, I think you know he's he's second to none. You know, he, he works extremely hard in every aspect of the team and you know players take note of that you know and as soon as you talk to them you could feel this passion his passion for the game and his passion for this team and I think that's something that really has also convinced other players to come because you know they know they're going to be well taken care of and they're doing a, a great culture over here. Now Amanda the changeover from quarterback you, you've already gotten you know your season in and season out so now you're pretty much comfortable with the whole offense uh, and then all of a sudden you know we just Let's just bring in Lexi Floor. Why not? Just to give you another weapon besides Wilson, who uh, Troy really loves uh, Katrina, Katrina Wilson, of course, because he's, he's part of family there. But, um, God, you got weapons, in other words. Like, pick and choose what you want. This is like a quarterback's dream, in a way, if, if you think about it, right? It's like you've got all these options. Yeah, and, you know, I, I tell them all the time, you know, I've never been a part of such – a talented and deep group of receivers. And, you know, I honestly have never seen, even from an opposing team, such such talent, such a deep group. I, I really haven't. And I'm extremely fortunate here. I mean, I, I try to convey that as much as possible to them, that I appreciate, you know, their hard work. And, you know, the best part about it is that they're all workaholics. You know, their work ethic is, is really what drives this, you know, this, this this passing offense. I mean, they're all willing to come early and stay late. I mean, Lexi's work ethic is honestly second to none. I've never seen a player work as, as hard and consistent. You know, she always wants to throw, and I'm just like, oh, I need a break. And, uh, but she, you know, but she, you know, she has that work ethic, and that's a reflection of her production on the field. And, you know, again, I'm just extremely fortunate to be a part of it because it, you know, not only that, it's a selfless group. You know, you have all these all-stars on the team, and they're so selfless, you know, and they're just cheering each other on. And, they, you know, they don't care if they don't get the ball. As long as they make that block, right, if they spring that block, they're okay with that. So, you know, just all around it, I'm very fortunate and, and proud to be the quarterback of the team for them. All right. Uh, I'm going to just give you – just just go to the praise. The wall has kept your upright and minimal destruction for yourself. So that wall, you know, it hats off to the wall the DC Diva wall right there, the offensive line, they have just like completely created a nice barrier for you on almost every play. I mean, it's, it's like you have, what do they call that? You have like a, one of those moments where you can actually just spin that little sound in your head and you're like thinking, okay, where do I go? Where do I go? Because they're like giving you so much time. It's just like, <laughs> I'm just like watching these games. I'm like, she got all this time to think about what she wants to do and who she wants to throw it to. It's like, it's like waving at the people. Hey, oh, how's it going? Yeah, it's just like it's crazy, but great job yeah. on the line. The line's been awesome all season. Yeah, and and you know the, we have, you know we have a great offensive line coach. He really pays attention to detail, and 
you know, she, you know, she really, she really pushes them. I mean, that's to me one of the hardest working positions, you know, position groups I see. I mean, she really, really pushes them. She drives them. She, she teaches, you know, she's a teacher. So um, our offensive line coach, Coach Ghost, you know, she's great at what she does. And, of course, it's a reflection of, you know, uh, their consistency on the line. And we rotate so often on the line as well. I don't think people realize that, that we rotate, you know, and that's not typically a, a group that gets rotated, you know, often. But, but you know, we do, and, and it's part of because we have so many players who can step in and, and play and, you know, give some rest to some of our, our linemen and keep them fresh. So it's a good problem to have. But, yeah, they, they do a great job, and without them, this offense can't go. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, they're just – they've done a tremendous job, not, not you know, taking away anything from your performances that you've had so far, but they have really done a good job of just keeping up right uh, you know, containment and all that. So that's really good. Uh, let's bring in Troy in here to pick your brain on it. But Troy, look at her. Hail Mary, uh, Hail Mary win in Pittsburgh. What What do you say? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, we've been talking about this all day. I mean, anytime you just you complete a Hail Mary, especially it's a, it's a pass to win the game. I mean, you definitely you forget that. And I, I know, I mean, that's, that's one of the more special plays in sports, period. And so, just my hats off to you. Congratulations on the win. Thank you. I I really do appreciate it. I, yeah, it's it's one of those. It's probably never going to happen again, <laughs> but it's definitely one that I'll you know I'll remember not just for my career, but I'll probably remember it forever. So take us back to that play. What was going on through your mind during that play? I mean, you know, at this time you need a hail mary. You know, this is the end of the game. This is it right there. Tell us what you saw. Yeah. Well, we we wanted to give them a little bit of a different look that we didn't give at all, um, which was motioning our running back, Elijah Scott, out and into a trips formation. And so we just wanted to flood one side of the field and um, just, you know, give them a chance to get down the field. My biggest concern was just to get a pass off. And so um, – you know, the play kind of broke down a, l- a little quick. And so when I stepped up to the right, you know, I seen one of their defensive tackles come and I actually put my arm out there before she got to me. And uh, she kind of ran into my arm. And so uh, so it turned out to be a, a perfect stiff arm, but she she drove me back towards the sideline. And I think uh, one last adrenaline rush pushed, or my arm pushed, you know, pushed off of her. And, uh, you know, when I when I – you know, skirted back to the other way. I realized I could outrun that one defensive end that was next. Uh, that was that was next to me. So I did that, and I, when I looked downfield, you know, I seen two or three open receivers, but I also seen somebody, you know, coming and hunting for my head. So when I let go of the ball, I honestly didn't think I had enough arm under it, you know, to Trina. And um, you know, when I got knocked down, it looked like it was short. It looked like it went at her feet. And then, uh, you know, then I hear the, the crowd cheer, and I look up, and, you know, she scored. And then um, when I got up, for a good 30 seconds, I was looking around consistently to see, you know, there has to be a flag. I was looking for where the flag was, and there wasn't a flag. And, you know, it just it, it still hasn't sunk in, to be honest, that we won in that that type of way on the, on the last play. But, you know, when I go back <laughs> – and I look at it, and I'm still looking for flags. It's like, is this still happening? And, um, but, yeah, so it passed off to Trina for keeping her play alive and everybody else. I mean, it was 
that was a great effort on everybody's part. You will be talking about that story for a long time, and you know what? Keep telling that story because, you know what, it will never be boring. I promise you. That is a great, great <laughs> story. Thank you for that. So, this year, you guys are throwing the rock around a lot. And so, how yeah. happy were you when you found out, said, you know, when the coaches came to you and said, look, you're going to be gunning it around the yard this year? Yeah, I was I was very, very excited. Um, I was honestly like a kid in a candy shop, of course, that's a – you know, quarterback stream who likes to throw the ball, you know, to to throw the ball as, as much time as many times as I as I have. Um, but also to throw it at smart times during the game, you know. Um and so my first my very first conversation with our offensive coordinator, Coach Dan, um very first conversation was a three hour conversation over the phone. And it you know, it was just like a natural connection with him and I. We think very, very similarly. And um you know he's very he has a very creative mind and and, and he's, he's kind of innovative on the field and um, something that of course I gravitated to I I w- was always been a fan of the no huddle offense so that's also a, a perk that, that I like and so we just connected really well in terms of what he wanted to accomplish and what I wanted to accomplish and um, yeah I mean it's it's worked out well so far and the goal is just to keep it going and improvise and um, just build from where we're at. So this year, I, you know, I, I just really want people to get a, you know, indication of how spectacularly you've been playing this year. Right now, completing 64% of your passes, over 1,000 yards passing. You have 10 touchdowns, and I think here's the most important number. You have 10 touchdowns and you have zero interceptions. So not only are you remarkably efficient, but you're also careful with the football. Now, I know coaches stress, you know, not turning over, but is this something that you really emphasize for you, uh, you know, just taking care of the football? Well, if if I'm being honest, I don't know. I think that there's actually a correction in the stats. I, I do have two interceptions. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of ratting myself. I do have two interceptions on the year, and they're actually in the first two games. Um but I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, in terms of turnovers, I know our offensive coordinator he preaches, you know, being smart with the ball and also, you know, taking a check down when it's given, and that's one of the things that I've had to adjust to because, you know, it's no secret that I like to throw medium to to, to longer, you know, throws and, you know, it's something that he's always in my ear about, you know, just take those one-point shots. You know, he breaks it down to one-pointer, two-pointer, and three-pointer. Obviously, three-pointer being the deeper balls. So, you know, take those check downs when they give it to you. You know, you can still get the first downs, four yards per play, that type of stuff. So, he's always in my ear. And, um, you know, it's, it's worked out. You know, of course, I would like to have no interceptions, but um, yeah, I'd rather have two interceptions than ten at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, fair trade off right there. So, so fair trade. No problem, no problem. So, tell me, how did you get involved with playing football? What inspired you to to start playing the game? Were, were you always interested in the football, and at what age? Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Philadelphia, and I I do have a brother. And um, football is a sport I actually remember taking up. And so when you're in, you know, when you're in Philly, you know, sports is just everywhere around you. 
And, um, you know, I used to play with grown, grown men, honestly, at a, you know, at a park. I remember at, at a park, and they used to just let me play quarterback. And, um, you know, they, they embraced me playing quarterback. So, that you know, that helped develop confidence as well. And um, playing with men, obviously, the competition and how strong they are, how they are. Um, but that, you know, that, that drove me to be competitive or just as good as them. And so, um, you know, I also would work out a lot with my brothers, you know, at It'll be 2 a.m., you know, we'd go outside and it's dark and we would go where the light pole is and practice everything from throwing out-of-bounds catches to over-the-shoulder and we would do it for points and be competitive and we would do all that and have races and 40-yard dashes and all that stuff. And I think that's really helped develop me into, you know, the the, the player that I am and even the player I still can be, um, you know, just – Growing up and just having that sports background, that football background with my brother, I think it really helped me. Excellent, excellent. So, Amanda, I really appreciate you taking the time to take some of my questions. Um, again, man, I, I've followed you guys for a while now, uh, but I'm really impressed by the way you guys are throwing it around the yard. Your offense is, is really tearing it up right now, so – Congratulations on last week's win, and good luck next week um, when you guys play Columbus. Thanks, Troy. I appreciate it. It's good to talk to you again as well. Absolutely. So, Amanda, we get Columbus coming up this uh, next weekend. They are on a high, too. Uh, you know, they've been on a roll the last couple of weeks. Big test for them to take up on you guys. So, uh, looking forward to uh, Columbus at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, Columbus has had a, you know, a big win. Um, they had a big win against Cleveland, and uh, you know, so so that's it's it's very it's probably they're in a very similar situation as Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh was coming off of a three-game win streak, and so obviously, you know, we see how they they came out very competitive. You know, when you're on that win streak, you know, that builds your confidence. So we're expecting the same type of thing from Columbus as well. I mean, they're a scrappy team, um, so they're not a team that's just we already know they're not a team that's afraid of us as a team, which is which is great because we know that we're going to get their best shot. So we're going to prepare like it's any other game, and um, you know we're going to expect their best, and we're just going to hope to close out our regular season with a win. All right, Amanda, what, how is the atmosphere at at the St. James? Because when you watch it on Facebook Live, it just seems like there's just a, a, an increasing crowd every week of excitement. So how has that been for you uh, to play indoors versus like you guys have been playing the last couple of seasons outdoors with the weathers and playing that out. Now it's kind of like just, you know, it's, it's more comforting, I guess, in a way to show up and know you're going to have to play the game, but it's not, the weather's not a factor. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's been awesome, honestly. And, um, you know, I've talked to former players, like, you know, I know you're familiar with um, Allie Hamlin and, you know, she you know, mm-hmm. she mentioned. I mean, she's been to a couple games, and she just, you know, was like, I, I, I'm dying. I wish I would have played in this facility. And um, mm-hmm. it's just really great because, obviously, when you're in a when you're in a dome, when you're in an inside facility, it gets very loud. And we've had those very loud moments where even our offense couldn't hear because it, you know they get so excited, the fan, you know, the fan base. And so, um, it's also been great because we've been able to attract a lot of fans who just come in and out of that facility. I mean, that's a 24 our facility and thousands of people come in and out every day with their kids and everything. So um, that's been great about it, um, just being able to get those fans that are just there, you know, and they 
see women's football and it's like, whoa, you know, they're so intrigued about it. I remember our first practice there. You know, we had uh, we had a crowd that were in the bleachers our first practice there. And so um, I think some, you know, some fans were hooked then. So it's been good. Um, you know, I hope, even though it's in Virginia, a little bit far from me, <laughs> I hope to continue playing there because we've had nothing but positive experiences. Now, the uh, Rich has worked really hard since taking over the ownership, and I think when that was announced, uh, that was a huge deal. And I'm talking about all the way across the WFA because that is just like a, yeah. a really nice facility. And to get into that facility, I mean, you've got to have a really good resume in terms of a squad, a team, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, legacy um, and all that stuff because not everybody just going to just, oh, by the way, your, your women's football team, we're going to just go ahead and give you the facility, right? So a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, credit goes to, uh, Mr. Hamlin in the past, obviously, and now Rich to making making the deal happen yeah. here at the St. James. So um, it's it's got to be an honor for you, right? Uh, all across the league, you guys are literally at this premier facility. Yeah, yeah, it, it really, it truly, truly is, and I don't think you can really understand the extent of how privileged you are until you're you know you're experiencing it and you're a player in a team and you could see all the perks of you know, that place, and, you know, I've heard a lot of good feedback from other players um, who have come and they've played us at home, and, um, you know, just telling us how lucky lucky we are, and and the good thing that we all, we all do know how lucky we are to play there, so we, you know, we want to make sure every time we play there, we, you know, we, we do a good showing there for the fans, and hopefully more come in and, you know, they can pack the stadium, but, you know, it's, again, it's been a great, great experience, and, you know, hopefully we can continue that relationship with them. All right, uh, Amanda, you got all these weapons around you. Um, just it's just a, an, an assemblance of really good quality ballers. I mean, Flora coming out of from Utah, uh, Olinchuk coming out. You know, from uh, as always, she's played a good ball. You got um, King. I mean, just mm-hmm. that alone coming in, I was like, it was bombshell for me. I was like, what is going on here? Um, but other than that, I mean, it's it's th- th- this team this year has been assembled, like you said, so many all-stars in terms of, you know, talent. Um, And a lot of them are all Americans pretty much at this Mm -hmm. point. So uh, congratulations to you on your great season so far. Uh, We have a big test coming up in uh, versus Columbus. And then you also have another Mm -hmm. battle against the Renegades and the Renegades have been playing lights out ball all year. Um, You got to see uh, the British sensation Ruth Mata live. Is she as fast as they claim? Man, I, she is fast. I mean, they have a they have a keeper there with her. I mean, she is a lightning. She's so quick in and out of her her cuts and her holes, and she has great vision as well. I mean, there's no point in speed if you don't have that vision. And she has great vision. She can hide behind her lineman, and by the time you figure out where she's at, she's already gone. So she's definitely a big threat for us. I mean, she you know she had a great game against us, and um, yeah, I mean they have a keeper over there for sure. All right, so we are looking forward to Cahill versus Congaldi round two. That's what we're all looking forward to. It's jotted on the map already. We are good to go. We're looking We're looking to see that one one more time. Um, and you're going to get, the, you know, a lot of talent on the Boston side too, almost equal to your, to your squad. So that's why it makes it so much interesting to, you know, the Boston-D.C. Yeah. battle. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's you know, the best, the best rivalry, the, the the toughest rivalry, 
in women's football. And, you know, the, every every game, you know, we go toe-to-toe. I don't remember the exact statistic, but I believe it's something like 11 out of 14 games that we've played has come down to um, seven points or less. And so that's the true yeah. showing of a robbery, you know, when it's that close out of you know, that many games. And, you know, with Boston, they're always going to give us their best shot and um, we're always going to give it to them. And, you know, there's no secrets with Boston. And, you know, a testament earlier in the year, you know, when we played them, we were losing by 28. And we came back and lost by five. They continued to throw the ball mm-hmm. when they were up by 28 because they, you know, they know that we're going to keep fighting. And, you know, we would have to do the same thing because when you play that type of team, you have to keep your foot on the pedal because they can come back at any point. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's very rivalry. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, but first we have to take care of Columbus and then Richmond, and then, you know, we can, you know, play Cleveland and, you know, we say the best for last, right? Of course. Um, so, Amanda, it's been great. Uh, I had to reach out to Rich, see if I can get you on because you deserved it. Uh, your team deserved it. What a big win in week seven. Uh, I know Pittsburgh's been crushed, but Baker and company played a really good game as well. And so a really good um, matchup to watch. And between you and everybody else uh, on the Divas, I mean, an excellent season so far. You guys have proven it. And so we're looking forward to, you know, the next couple of weeks and obviously against Boston too. Uh, so an exciting 2019 season here in the WFA. And uh, congratulations once again to you and, and your squad. And uh, looking forward to, more touchdowns by Amanda. <laughs> I appreciate that, Oscar. It's always been great to talk. This is what, the third time talking. It's always been, you know, it's, it's been great. And, um, you know, we, we do appreciate your support, you know, just watching women's football and being so heavily invested, especially in, you know, those big-time games like those Boston-D.C. games. Um, you know, that's what you live for, so. We do appreciate it from, you know, from the, the player aspect, and, you know, we want you to keep doing what you're doing as well. Oh, no, we'll we'll be keep doing it. You keep doing your thing, and we are going to be fans big time. We already are. So, uh, like I said, uh, I don't know if I got a W to Steve Young of the WFA because that makes more sense because you're a lefty. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that works out a lot better. Uh, but uh, overall, Amanda, great season, great so far. I know you got just got our practice, so you got to go, you know, fuel up and, and get ready for the next day as well. So I really appreciate you making the time and, and, and uh, out of the practice time and then on the road here. So safe travels home and uh, looking forward to Columbus against Divas this coming weekend. All righty, Oscar. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Awesome. Have a great time. Uh, say hi to Rich for me and th- uh, thank him for setting it up for us. All righty. We'll do so. Take care. All right, Troy Wilson, right there, the number one QB in the WFA right now, or the number one spotlighted QB in the WFA. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And this girl's just two interceptions on the season. I was going to tell you, don't go by the Bible, which is the WFA website, but uh, it's not a really good Bible, by the way. It's all good. You know what? Just the, but the two interceptions still says that she's taking care of the football. And I think really that's, sure. that's the main is that, when you can keep the ball off the ground, as the coaches say, or you can, you know, keep the ball out of, out of the other team's hands, especially if you're throwing around as much as they are doing, and they're doing it at a very efficient clip, just looking at the, you know, the, the stats as far as the completion percentage. Um, I just, I really like the way that they're executing out there. And that's, that's what it shows. It shows that they're executing at a high clip. 
And when you have a quarterback like that that can make plays and then if that can put the ball in places that you need it to be, I really like what D.C. has going forward. I mean, because if you have a good quarterback, that's really what can get you into the championship. And so I really think they're in a good position to do so. So we'll see how it goes going forward. Uh, we'll definitely be following them. And, uh, you know, we'll keep up with um, with Amanda Conte. All right, Troy, let's talk NFL um, before uh, we jump into the international news for the women's games. Uh, new fantasy, uh, I was just reading, new fantasy, uh, fantasy football points scoring on the NFL.com site is going to be different, so that's going to be interesting. And you have the Players Association and the NFL joining um, to create some sort of uh, agreement that will help the uh, players with a mental status. Uh, for those of those that obviously have concussions and other issues that go beyond the game. So that was good news as well. Yeah, that's a great thing. I mean, because that's really what is, you know, some people believe is kind of, uh, you know, where the NFL is kind of falling off track with the fan popularity. It's just, I think some fans, they feel like some fans are walking away because the game is starting to get, you know, well, not starting to get a little brutal. It's always been brutal, but, you know, when you hear about the concussions and, and things of that nature, it's, you know, it's making uh, some of the fans maybe want to turn away. So, and not to mention, let's keep in mind, you know, if there are injuries like that, there's just going to be less people playing. So they have to worry about the future of the game. So you've got to take care of the players now and, and any kind of information and studies that they can do that could uh, that can help, you know, curb the issue. I just think they should do it. So it's, it's a welcoming thing that they're doing uh, anything when it comes down to it. Surprising that uh, Antonio Brown is not in Raider camp, or should we? Or is it just are we making too much of it? I think it is. Um, you know, OTAs. You know, uh, I am up to thinking if you are a higher paid player, I think it's okay to skip it. I mean, we saw, you know, over here in my backyard with Reuben Foster, he goes out for practice at, at OTAs. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, investment, even if it's not money-wise or draft picks. I mean, the Redskins t- took a huge gamble putting him out there. Uh, and what happens, he goes out there and he tears his knee. He hasn't played it down for the Redskins. So they took a hit, um, you know, at – not to mention, uh, you know, in the media for this, but now you've taken a player because he's a act, he's a very good player. So you're going to miss that guy. He hasn't. He's not even going to suit up for the risk. So OTAs to me, I would rather wait for training camp. Um, I think OTAs should be for you know the younger guys, the rookies that are coming in, and, and guys that are you know uh, free agents and, and just new to get acclimated to the team. But I think what it should be is if you've been on the team for say three years that you shouldn't have to go to minicamp. I agree. Um, I think uh, the Raiders are different. Um, I think how will they manage the offense to benefit Brown is the question. Um, So we'll kind of wait and see on that. Um, Underappreciated players, and uh, there was a pretty cool cool article by Cynthia Fralin, and her uh, comment was, former Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Doug Baldwin exemplifies one of the very uh, favorite parts of football, which is talent along with development and opportunity can combine to create a higher impact player than this uh, draft would suggest. Baldwin appears to be at the end of the improbable career, of course, and he had a great career undrafted in 2011. Obviously, uh, 
touchdown receiving leader in 2015, a, a Super Bowl a ring, and two trips to the Pro Bowl. So um, Baldwin's time, I would say he's probably going to be in that Seattle lore for a long, long time. Yeah, you know, uh, and I'm not. I think you know the Seahawks. They do have their ring of honor, and I think a guy like Doug Baldwin, who was there uh, during their uh, you know championship years, he was a team leader. I think he definitely deserves a name and a ring of honor for what he's done for that team, because he has. I mean, it's not just the when it comes down to Doug Baldwin, it's not just the catches and the touchdowns and things of that nature. The guy's just always been a leader on that team, and you have to look back very fondly on that time if you are a Seattle Seahawks fan. You love Doug Baldwin. He bleeds your colors. He will always be a Seahawk. He's only played for one team. you got to go ahead and take your hat off to the guy, and I really think he will get into the ring of honor at Seattle. You think uh, that's that's just to simplifies what he's done on the field, and he's done a really good job there. Um, the winners, we haven't talked about winners and losers since the draft, but can we say Cleveland's sort of a winner there in a way because they've they drafted, they got Odell, uh, the offseason free agents. They had Landry, um, emerging Antonio Callaway. They get Hunt. Um, so, I mean, he would be back, obviously, for after the suspension, but they'll get him. They had Chubbs and Johnson. So, uh, is is going to be Cleveland the surprise team that we got to, like, just put our scope on? I think so, and I think, you know, you can only – just let's start just in their division. I mean, Pittsburgh has gotten a little bit weaker. They've lost AB. He's he's out in Oakland now. Uh, Juju Smith shoots. They're still there, but are, is someone else going to step up in their wide receiver position? You also lost Le'Veon Bell. He's gone on to the Jets, and uh, you know, so Connor he filled in very well for for both. You know, for at the, his position, and um, I, I think they really had a fine when they picked him out of Pittsburgh. I always loved him. Uh, when he played for the Pittsburgh Panthers, and now he's in his hometown uh, playing for the Steelers. It's got to be a dream come true, and he's taking advantage of that opportunity by getting 1,000 yards for them uh, last year. And I think he'll end up building on that, you know, and not to mention Pittsburgh also invested in the offensive line. Uh, so, you know, they got some solid pieces there, but they lost somebody. Uh, you know, they missed the playoffs for the first time in a long time last year, so, and that can't help that you're losing probably the best wide receiver in the game. So you would think Pittsburgh is on a downslide. Cincinnati, they're in a rebuild right now. Um, you know, they're having a new coach come in there. And then you look at Baltimore, who knows what it's going to be like post-Flacco. Is, you know, is Lamar Jackson, is he going to be a guy that steps up and moves to the, to the next level of quarterback play? But he's going to have to learn how to throw the ball. So I think right now you would say that Cleveland, uh, you know, with everything that they have going for them, they put the pieces in the right place. They drafted well over the last few years. This is the time to do it. And it's not so much far-fetched when it comes to the NFL because there's so much parity in this league. You can go from worst to first. They built on a great season last year, and they've only gotten better. So, yeah, I would say right now Cleveland has to – they will be the head and above everyone, but they have to do it on the field. And that's the X factor. Is, is Pittsburgh going to have that leadership? Who knows? But I think right now Cleveland has to be the favorite. So if you're Coach Freddie Kitchens, you got to tell everybody to shut their mouth until week one, right? You know, I, I kind of go back and forth on this. I don't necessarily think talk uh, from a player is a bad thing or a good thing. I think, you know, when it comes down to it, you got to play on the field. I mean, 
uh, you know, talk is one thing, but when it, when you get out on the field, the only thing people can say is, you know, what you said before. But you're out on that field and you're playing. Um, I really don't think the talk really matters, but I would think, you know, for from a fan's perspective, you will want them to be quiet. You Sometimes you think it has an effect on it, sometimes it doesn't, but I don't know. I wouldn't tell them to stop talking. I kind of like it. It's entertaining, and at the end of the day, that's what they're out there to do, right? They're the entertainers, so it's not so bad for me. I mean, this is the most exciting time in Cleveland since the uh, Bud Light unlocking of the Bud Light beers, you know what I mean, yeah, for that win. Yeah, you know what I mean? I it's like I number two excitement here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I wish hey, I did you, that. Did you I email that, 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 that beer deal with the WFLA? Yes, I did. Did you email that? I like? did. I did. I sure did. I did. I, I, I did get a response from. Uh, I did get a response from the CEO of the uh, WFLA. She is going to try to squeeze in an interview with us. So uh, hopefully next week or the week after. So we will get a what representative I, that you can officially ask for the beer if you haven't got your email back. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, look, that's the interview is one thing. I, I asked you to buy some beer. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> No, that's good. You know, it's good. We'll get on the air. You know what? I, w- I will make sure that I ask about that beer because I would love an answer to my email because I'm interested in getting some of that beer back. Of course. Um, I, I will try to hook you up as much as I can on this side as well. So I'm working my deals as well. So, um, gr- the Gruden, the Gruden era, um, Troy, I, I just, I am, I'm like up in the air with this. I don't know if they're going to like come out really good or can it, I'm thinking it's going to turn into this drama filled thing with Brown. You know what I mean? The worst case scenario is it just, it goes sour. Yeah, until you said Brown, I thought you were talking about the other Gruden. Um, yeah, but you know what? John Gruden, this he really has, you know, I think, what did he sign, a 10-year deal? I, I don't yes. know. I mean, he's he's acting like he's Teflon because he's – just think about this. He traded away Amari Cooper. Amari yep. Cooper had a renaissance year for the Cowboys. He traded away Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack had a renaissance year. He had his career year for the for the Chicago Bears. I really think Oakland could have used those players. Now maybe you got some, you know, you've got some talent with the draft that you had this year. You had three first round picks. I personally don't think that the three picks that they had in this draft would have had the same impact that Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack did. So I just, you know, I don't understand why he did what he did. But he's really – he seems to me like he has a lot of job security. To make a move like that, to really put the balls down on your back that way, he definitely has a lot of job security. But I'm not sure how it's going to go this year. I'm, I'm really not buying it. I don't think, you know, they make the playoffs this year. I think Kansas City is a little bit too strong in their division. Don't forget San Diego's gotten their stuff together. Um, I really think uh, Denver is – you know, they had Philip Lindsay. He was a guy that came out of nowhere last year at the running back position. And they're breaking in another quarterback, and it's Joe Flacco. He's a veteran. He, you know, he kind of knows the game. So I just think right now I would say I have the least amount of faith in the Raiders and what they've done. And, you know, there's a rumor out there that Beast Mode may be coming back because, you know, they lost the running back for the season. The Raiders did. So maybe Beast Mode may be coming back for his – um, uh, I guess this would be 14th year now. Wow. 
All I can say is I'm waiting for drama to explode. It's like TMZ. Oh. It'll be like TMZ in Oakland. Just waiting for <laughs> what's going to happen here. Um, th- th- here's a scenario that somebody's uh, one of my best friends uh, on the. Uh, he said, "Why do you put Trent Brown? <laughs> Why do you put you know switch Trent Brown from where his comfort zone to the opposite? You know when you bring him in for big money. I mean, I don't understand that either. It's like it's like selling K- K- Khalil Mack out. You know what I mean? So I don't know how Gruden's system is going to work at this point, but. Yeah, it's the same like they're putting Trent Brown at left tackle. He's been playing right tackle his whole his whole career. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah left tackle is a money position, but you know I, I hope he can succeed. Trent Brown is a big man. I mean, that is a mm-hmm. big, big. Dude. I think he's like six eight, three twenty five. Yeah, that's why I'm you mentioning know. it. One of the issues with the reason why they had him at right tackle mostly is because he had problems bending. You know, as an offensive yep. lineman, you kind of got to get low, you know, because there's so many guys that are uh, shorter than him, especially being a six foot eight. But, you know, he's done a hell of a job at, at right tackle. So, you know, it's basically just flipping his hips, but it's it's not as easy as it sounds. So definitely keep an eye on it to see how he transitions to that. All right. So, Troy, I'm going to just go back and just say what Luis Bean said. Uh, there is nothing happening in Buffalo. So the Bills carried more than $50 million in dead money in anticipation for retooling the roster this offseason. So they have money. <laughs> they just can't put a team together. The gel. So uh, I don't know. Buffalo, well, they, as all, of all places. Well, one of the things that they did um, is they re-signed Jerry Hughes. Um, I think that was a big move because he's their best pass rusher. And uh, he's the guy that's really been uh, doing his thing out there in Buffalo, and, and they really re-signed him. But you know what? I agree. They don't have a whole lot of weapons right now. Um, I, it's almost like I, I don't I don't understand like what they are trying to accomplish. We have right Frank now. Gore. They're... The aging Frank Gore is in Buffalo. That's got to tell you well, something. Yeah, I mean, you, and you still have Lashawn McCoy, but you know he's starting to slow down. He's starting to pick up a lot of injuries. Um. Yeah, it, it, and Josh Allen, he needs help. He, he he's gonna. Need, you need to give him weapons up there. Uh, you got John Brown, you know, from the from the uh, from the Ravens. I, I just don't think that's enough. I think you need more uh, at the wide receiver position. I mean, Zay Jones. You got Cole Beasley. You got another slot guy. Yeah. Um. I don't think. When that's you equate enough. it, Troy, is it is it disappointment? It's got to be because the Dolphins and the Jets have improved. In a lot of aspects, in, in terms of the draft and the free agency as well. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just another missed playoff uh, year for them. It's, uh, yeah. Hopefully, it's I not mean, the case. But I mean, I'm gonna say this though. I mean, they they do have a scary defense. They, their defense is yeah. gonna look. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, but you know they're gonna have to score some points though. So I yep. mean that's that's really the thing. And are you gonna be able to do that with? John Brown and, and Zay Jones at, at the wide receiver position and, and Josh Allen at quarterback. Are you going to be able to do that? I don't, especially in that, in, especially in the AFC uh, East, and you got the Patriots in that division. So that right there doesn't bode very well for them. All right. So what do we say of the Lions? Uh, Patricia bringing in um, Flowers from New England, and then offensively. Um, they get uh, what the rookie tight end in Hawkinson, and then pretty much 
uh, Amendola uh, comes in to provide Stafford with some quality slot receiving. So a couple good moves there for Detroit, but will it be enough? That's really the question in that division. Yeah, I really think they are putting a lot of stock into T.J. Hawkinson. Um, They really wanted to give Matthew Stafford a weapon. Uh, He did a lot last year with, you know, not too much at the wide receiver position. Uh, They traded Golden Tate in the middle of the year, which, you know, essentially was the Lions basically giving up. So, you know, they wanted to get him a weapon, and the best weapon you can get a, a quarterback is a, is a tight end. And he's a big tight end. He's the best tight end definitely in the draft. Uh, really shined in Iowa. He played next to another great tight end that was that was basically a first-round talent also, uh, and he still shined out there. So I'm telling you right now, I know people just say he's just a tight end, but this kid, T.J. Hawkinson, is the real deal, and he has a quarterback that can get him the ball a lot. Uh, and that, that has a quick trigger. So with the quick release um, that Stafford has, I really expect T.J. Hawkinson to be in the Pro Bowl this year. I think write that one down. Just I, I just got right. a feeling, man, because that, that's his guy right there. I'm telling you right now, they're going to have a lot. Barring injury, I think he's going to have a huge year. I agree. I think he's a very good talent, um, and if they can piece him together, maybe they have a good uh, system. Uh, what do we say of Philadelphia in your division? Uh, they had a really tight cap. We have a situation with Wentz, uh, and obviously Foles is gone. So it's really a situation where they're restructuring everybody's contracts to kind of fit in what they can in terms of retaining people. So uh, I know you're not worried because your Redskins are just, you know, you're, you're, you're keeping it real. But they bring back uh, Deshaun, uh, I mean, uh, Deshaun Jackson as well. Um, and you got Jeffrey still there with, uh, uh, with uh, Nelson. Howard, and then the running back uh, at this point, uh, they traded for former Bear uh, Jordan Howard. So they made some moves within the capping space, but uh, we'll see if that's going to be enough. Yeah, and I really think that the biggest thing is uh, they 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 still have Zach Ertz. I think he had he had a huge year last year, over a hundred catches. Um, and here's the big question: Is Carson Wentz going to be healthy? So he came into practice. Um, he kept, he took place in non-contact uh, contact drills. He moved around a little bit. They don't expect any kind of um, they don't expect any kind of restrictions on him. You know, barring from his injury last year. So that's really what's going to matter. When I watched him last year, it didn't look like he was fully recovered. And this is before he went down for the year again. It didn't look like he was fully recovered. He, he just didn't look like the same Carson Wentz, like the MVP-looking Carson Wentz that we saw the previous year. And I really felt like it was almost that RG3 thing where he kind of took a step back. If you look at his stats, though, he didn't play bad at all. It just wasn't spectacular. You know, so is this going to go back to last year's Carson Wentz or is it going to be, you know, Carson Wentz from 2017? Because that year, before he was injured, he was well on his way to becoming the, the league MVP at that point. I agree. I think uh, that's the key right there is if they can put it together and make something happen, that would be that would be nice. But we'll see how that goes. Um, they some also, complete teams they also that are going to be. Back, go ahead. They also they also bought back all Sean Jeffrey, and that's a huge point also. So. 
They still have some weapons on offense, so I, I think they'll be fine, but it's all dependent upon Carson Wentz. I agree with that. I really do. I think the, the question mark is huge there for them, even if they have the pieces. Can they do that? Um, the best teams, do you think, competitively, Russell Wilson gets signed in Seattle? Um, you know, in, I mean, we've got Wentz issues, obviously, in, in, in Philadelphia, but we got some positives. My Rams making some moves as well. The Chargers um, making some moves as well um, to kind of, like I said, solidify themselves. Uh, Philip Rivers, uh, no signs of slowing down. I, I think he looked good last year. Uh, if you put some weapons around him, uh, you still have Gordon there, Eckler, uh, you got Jackson, Allen, Williams. Um, so they got pretty much some key some key people there uh, to make the Chargers kind of stand out. Uh, Gurley status, I don't know. It, you know, reality is it was he was injured for the Super Bowl. We won't know what Jared Goff's going to be, be able to do here, uh, especially with uh, the return of Cup. And then you also have Cooks and and um, and Woods. So you, defensively, Sue I think is going to be heading out the door, but you still have Donald intact. In so uh, I think they're okay there. Um, so between the Chargers and Los Angeles, I think it's a good sign for them there. Um, Kansas City, you already talked about, and you already know that that they're going to be pretty much pretty good, especially with Mahomes. Yeah, but the, the also the big question is. Is Mahomes going to have the same year that he had last year? Because there's a big possibility that Tyreek Hill will not be in the Chiefs uniform or anyone's uniform after what happened in the offseason with these, you know, reports of him assaulting his son. And, you know, uh, a lot of those reports, especially after the video surfaced, it doesn't look good for Tyreek Hill, and, and rightfully so. They should suspend him for that. Um, but, you know, with are they going to have that same year? Because at the wide receiver position, now you've lost that guy. And don't forget, you lost Kareem Hunt last year to suspension as well. So a lot is going to be on uh, Mahomes' shoulder this year. Now, with that kind of arm, the way he can throw it around the yard, I mean, he was spectacular with it. But with Tyreek Hill out and him being so dangerous over the top with that speed and not that not being a threat out there, we may see um, – just a different uh, Patrick Mahomes, but Andy Reid, the way he coaches uh, offense, I think they'll figure out a way to to make that roster work. But I think really uh, Mahomes takes a little bit of a step back this year. All right, I think our girls are going to be very happy when they when they come back to be co-hosts, uh, Brooks and Bean, because we're talking Cowboys. Isn't that weird? We're talking Cowboys. Elliot, uh, Cooper like you said, and then you pick up Cobb and Witten coming back at this point, even though they're uh, somewhat, of a, somewhat of a downgrade. But overall, I think they they look good uh, on defense. They pick up Vanderhes, and then they get Smith at linebacker. They also get Lawrence. Um, so the Cowboys, um, talent-wise, they look like they could be contenders right away. Uh, but, uh, you know, stranger things have happened, of course. But it's upgrades, I think, on almost everything. Cobbs gives you a safety net. Cooper, obviously, a playmaker. Uh, Elliott, if he's as durable as he was, has been in the past. And then Prescott, if he you know, plays as, as well, if not up or above what he, he can play. Uh, we're looking at Dallas probably reemerging. Yeah, man, Dallas, they really looked good down the stretch. And I think really the big difference was Amari Cooper. He completely turned their season around. 
and that's how valuable um, you know, a wide receiver or a field stretcher wide receiver can can make you. I mean, they turned Dallas into a contender basically overnight once he arrived. Demarcus Lawrence, he had a renaissance year. He really became the best defensive end in the NFL, uh, best pass rusher in the NFL, and uh, they paid him handsomely for it. So, yeah, man, Dallas is stacked, and not to mention what they had a middle linebacker. And what their defense did, and we saw how the New Orleans Saints were basically just blowing people right out of the, right out of the stadium. And when they went against Dallas, I mean, they just looked really paltry out there. So uh, I really like what Dallas has on defense. I really like what they have on offense. They look like by far the top team in the NFC right now, uh, in my opinion, uh, especially and not the, we didn't even talk about Zeke and Dak. Uh, also just being probably, I would say Zeke may be arguably the best at his position. Um I, I would say that you know, I would put him up against anyone. That's Todd Gurley, that's whoever. I think Zeke can, you know, arguably is one of the, is the best running back in the NFL. Dak oh, yeah. Great game. I mean, he's right at, right in line with Gordon as well, explosive as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I would put yeah, him up I mean, there. Um, he's a threat every time he touches the ball. So, mm-hmm. I would say right now I would call Dallas the favorite in the NFC, um, despite yeah. what the Rams did. Uh, they finished strong. There you go, uh, Bean and Mac. You got it. Look at that. Troy calling the Cowboys, even in his own division, probably. Absolutely. But we still got to play the games, right, Troy? So we won't know until that happens. Um, Kelly Mack, uh, Khalil Mack and the Bears, what a pickup from them. And then uh, they got Rakon Smith. They got Akeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson. Uh, so it, is it the year of Trubisky to evolve into a top-notch quarterback? to make the Bears relevant and, and maybe a threat? Yeah, I think really that's that's really what held them back. I mean, they were still rudimentary at the quarterback position with Trubisky back there. They still play one half of the field. Um, and in doing that, if you're, you're trying to simplify for your quarterback, but you're also simplifying it for the defense. So, you know, the, the, the big plays were far and few after a while, after people started to get adjusted to it. So Trubisky is going to have to step up. He's going to have to move up until, you know, to the middle pack of the quarterbacks. I really thought he played well, you know, doing a lot of play action and, um, you know, the way he, you know, moved the ball. I, I thought he played well, but he's going to have to start to, to become a playmaker and not play it so safe uh, this year, in my opinion. And also, is that defense going to be different? Big Fangio isn't there anymore. Now he's over in Denver as the head coach over there. Mm-hmm. So is that defense going to take a step back? In my opinion, Vic Fangio is the best defensive coordinator in the NFL, and he never got the respect that he should have, that he deserved, and he finally got it this year when Denver hired him as the head coach. So uh, is that is, are the, the Bears going to take a step back? Now you got a big horse over there in Khalil Mack, and the rest of that defense flies around all over the yard also. So they have a real shot. I really love the way that they play especially Roquan Smith, the speed that he plays with, the intangibles that he has. I really like watching them play. I'm really excited to watch those guys play next year. All right, guys. Um, check advantage of everything that's going on at Zazzle.com. It's our sponsor. Uh, check it out, Zazzle.com, for slash Grand Beauties. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Europe. Europe, because they are just loving us. Uh, a bunch of orders going out to Portugal, Spain, and over in the U.K. as well and really appreciate that. 
Uh, every sale of an item at the Zazzle.com uh, No Joke Football Shop gets us uh, an opportunity to spotlight another talented athlete that's playing the sport, the, like Kelsey, Cristiano, Anna Garza, Michelle Marshall, uh, Smooth Laurie Jones, and Sasha Cruz, to name a few. And so just check it out. Use the coupon codes, daily code, save up to 25% off. If you want free shipping domestically in the States, it is Zazzle Black for $9.99. I want to thank Zazzle for being our sponsor, keeping the podcast alive for six years running. Without them, we would not be on the air and uh, spotlighting and bringing awareness to women's American football. So give them some love. Go to Zazzle.com for size Cardano Beauties. If you don't buy anything from our shop, no big deal. They got uh, Marvel. They got DC stuff. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff up there. So Zazzle.com for size Cardano Beauties at the No Joke Football Shop. Um, so I got to pay the bills uh, pretty much, Troy. Um, so it works out for us. Um, so, uh, Troy, let's go overseas so we can finish off the last couple minutes here. I um, want to thank uh, Amanda Kangeldi uh, for coming in and making the time after practice and uh, her great uh, finish this weekend against Pittsburgh in a Hail Mary. So what an amazing uh, individual and quarterback of all that. And they get to face uh, the Columbus Comets which we'll get to see her live and real coming up at the St. James this week, coming up week. So it's going to be pretty exciting. So it uh, works out really good. You can go to the hub at facebook.com, get everything that's happening, Women's American Football, the best network on the planet globally, best network on the planet. We are the best network on the planet. I'm proud to say that because we have worked our asses off for like almost 10 years. So we have done an amazing job of trying to bring awareness. We are literally at 21,000, Troy, on all social platforms, between Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. We are on 21,000 strong. So we're, our goal is 25,000 by the end of the year. So we should be able to get that doing. So um, uh, at this point, it's going to be great. So, uh, Troy, are you heading out? Yeah, I got a bailout. I got a little bit of an emergency, but I'll, I will definitely sure. be on in the next to be on vacation as well, right? Yep, exactly. Going out of town. Uh, may hit the West Coast for a little bit. You know, just kick back right. a little bit, man. Might be a bit of a value. All right. I hope, hope you have a good trip out there um, and enjoy time uh, with the family and everything else. So we'll catch you on uh, probably in a couple of weeks, probably a week or two. So we'll see what's going on. Yes, so uh, take care. Thank you for coming in. You got it. Hey, love you guys. See you guys later. All right. So it's Troy Wilson heading out. So uh, pretty awesome, uh, you know, at the hub. You go there, get everything. Our network partners are amazing. Um, we have networked with a bunch of networks worldwide, and we're, we're talking a lot of people. And so we are really appreciative of everybody that net, networks with us that sends us stories, links, and still photos as well of all the events that are happening from Mexico, Canada, Guam, Europe, Australia, down south, also in South America from Brazil. So we have just blown up over the last 10 years, and we're more than happy and proud to have relationships built up with all these amazing individuals that bring attention to women's American football, whether it be legend style or whether it be full kit NFL style. We cover both equally, and we do a very fantastic job to my credit and to the credit to everybody working with me, and obviously uh, credited bigger credited to the network of all the people that are networked with us on uh, amazing jobs. So go to the hub at facebook.com for slash Beauties. 
Uh, our goal is to get to 7,000, hopefully by the end of the year. Uh, we're almost close there. I think we're at 69.50 or something like that. So if you go to the hub, uh, like our, our page, uh, give us some, a nice uh, review as well if you haven't rated us here. And you can also go to Apple, uh, the Apple podcast, and you can always leave a rating there as well. We have a five rating right now, um, so keep it up. Leave a comment there if you really like our podcast. We have an amazing group of individuals on this podcast. Uh, our goal was to bring in the best of the best, and we do have some amazing co-hosts. We have uh, Iowa Phoenix, WFA uh, All-Star, and IWFL All-Star Mackenzie Brooks here during the offseason. We also have the talented Hall of Famer Holly Custis from the WNFC Seattle Majestics. We also have Hall of Fame quarterback Luis Bean from the Utah Falcons, and of course our college football NFL girl Troy Wilson alongside myself. So we got a cool panel every week, Tuesday night, 6 p.m. If you miss it, no big deal. You can uh, listen to us on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, as well as Block Talk Radio and Player FM. And soon, uh, working on it, we'll be on iHeartRadio pretty much all worldwide. So really appreciate everybody's support and getting us there. So let's go into the international scene uh, before we get out of here. And uh, a lot of stuff happening overseas in terms of Canada as well. Um, so you have the WWCFL season, uh, May 25th, coming up here. Calgary against uh, the Northern Anarchy. You got Lethbridge versus Edmonton, the Battle of Alberta. Pretty interesting matchup there. We have one more week left after this, week four, and then you get to the conference quarterfinals. Then we'll get to the cross-conference semifinals. And then, obviously, on, on uh, June 29th, uh, during the WFA and WNFC Championship Weekend, it will be the WWCFL Championship in Regina as well. So uh, Regina on a downswing here, very unfamiliar territory for the Riot. Uh, and they're taking on the Winnipeg Wolfpack. Wolfpack has struggled so far in season. Uh, the big battle will be Saskatoon against Manitoba, a battle of undefeateds, 2-0. Uh, Manitoba took down Regina in the first week, big-time wins. Last week, they uh, took care of business as well. So Saskatoon Valkyries are uh, looking to uh, keep themselves on track for another WWCFL championship. And so Manitoba looking to take down another giant. And uh, they took down Regina in week one. Here we are in week three. If they can pull this upset, all those young ladies out in Manitoba, the fearless, will truly be fearless in 2019. Because if they can pull that upset in uh, at home, against Saskatoon, big-time clash this weekend. So uh, it's going to be the marquee game to watch this weekend in the Western Women's Canadian Football League. It is the uh, Saskatoon Valkyries taking on the Manitoba Fearless. So you want to be in Manitoba this weekend, if anything. If you're nearby, you're going to see an amazing game, especially if the Fearless plays as well as they did against the Riot. It's going to be a huge, huge uh, event. So check it out, WWCFL. You can go to Facebook at the Western Women's Canadian Football League, and we'll have the updates from the Regina Post as well and from the Saskatoon area of the game that's coming up here. Um, it's going to be Saskatoon-Manitoba, Regina versus Winnipeg, uh, Lethbridge versus Edmonton is another one we're going to be watching for, two rivals right there, and then Calgary having a great season so far against uh, Northern Anarchy. And that's the matchups that are on May 25th, and May 26th for the women's, uh, Western Women's Canadian Football League. Then we're going to go over to Finland now. Uh, the uh, Finland uh, Finnish League 
the Maple Series. And that uh, week one, week two, we're recapping uh, on our Facebook page at facebook.com at the hub uh, for such great beauties. And uh, week three, May 25th, we're having the Helsinki Wolverines, the champs, taking on the Corfield Steelers, uh, Valkyries, uh, St. Petersburg Valkyries, taking on the Helsinki uh, Roosters. And uh, May 26th, we're Turco Trojans taking on the Tampere Saints. Been a good season so far for Helsinki Wolverines as well, and looking forward to that. The Valkyries have struggled early, and Turco has done a really good job here as well. So we'll keep tabs on that and get it up there on the, the results as they come in through the SAJL site as well as we get the links and the stories and the recaps from the games. So you take advantage of that. The Sweden uh, League is still in action. Division One, Week Nine. It is uh, uh, May 18th. It happened this past weekend. Orbro falls uh, to Orlando Jets 8-0 to in a very tough defensive matchup that happened over in Orlando. Uh, it's going to be week 10 coming up here on May 26th. Carlsbad, the champs, uh, they will be taking on John Kopi Spartans. So it's going to be an interesting battle in week 10. And uh, we'll keep tabs on that as the results come in from the Swedish league that's happening out there. Uh, and so uh, we'll keep tabs on that as well. Division two uh, in the Swedish league, uh, week four, it was last week, uh, Chris Kinnon, 18, uh, the Gothenburg Marbles went 34 to 18 versus them. Vestera Roosters, 26, um, 26 to six over the Copenhagen uh, Tomahawks. And so this coming weekend, it's going to be uh, May 26, Copenhagen taking on Gothenburg and then Deer Johnson versus Christian, Christianiat. Christian Tad, if I can say it correctly. So that's the matchup that's going to happen over in Sweden as well. We're going to keep tabs on the WFL in Mexico as we approach some of the playoffs. Uh, we'll keep tabs on that as well from uh, Monterey League, uh, Monterey Lingerie Football League as well. Uh, they're going to be covering that as well. Uh, Limba, uh, Limpa from Mexico in action as well. And also La, the uh, Liga Lafay La as well as in action, FX Mexico. Uh, Lexfa is in action this coming weekend, so we're going to keep tabs on everything else. So don't miss anything. Go to the hub at facebook.com for Beauties, and you guys can keep tabs on everything that's happening. Go to our Twitter feed and share everything there as well. Let's go to Twitter at this point, at Beauty on Twitter. You can also follow us on Instagram on both our No Joke Football brand shop, so instagram.com for No Joke Football, or you can go to the No Joke, uh, the Gridiron Beauties page on Instagram as well, Instagram.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Uh, on Snapchat, Gridiron Beauty, you can follow us there as well. So a lot of stuff happening in the women's game, and everything happens at the hub at Facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. So I want to give a shout-out to our uh, No Joke Football athletes this weekend for their amazing play. Uh, shout-out to Anna Garza out there for playing her heart out over in Seattle and keeping her team uh, in contention here with a good matchup. Unfortunately, they fall short uh, in a big slaughter of 70-6, to six, but she played a really good uh, role on defense and also on offense for playmaking. So Anna Garza, shout-out to her that as well. Smooth Laurie Jones and Sasha Cruz keeping my hot blaze going there, 56-0. They're on a roll looking for a D2 national championship, and they've done a good job there as well. So fantastic, fantastic uh, events happening in the Week 8 as matchups as well. And Kelsey Cristiano and the Denver Dream will be back in action uh, in a couple weeks. We keep tabs on her stuff as well. 
And so you can go to the No Joke Football site as well at, at Zazzle.com forward slash Beauties, and you can get your stuff there, um, leggings, T-shirts, everything. I'll help support our cause as well for the podcast. And so support Zazzle.com, and then take advantage of up to 20% off with the special codes. So it works out really good. So I want to thank uh, Rich Daniels for making uh, the interview happen for us this weekend, especially on short notice after practice. And uh, Amanda Congaldi for being a trooper and coming on. And uh, what an amazing week that she has as an athlete. Um, the Hail Mary Pass against the Pittsburgh Passion. What an amazing uh, event that happened there. And so congratulations. And if you missed it, you can go to DC, Diva, uh, DC Divas Football uh, on Facebook. And you get it there. You can go to the link also on our um, at the hub at facebook.com forward slash grid iron beauties. So a fantastic weekend. We're looking forward to week, uh, the next coming week here. Let me get my notes here. And I believe we have week eight key matchups in the WFA as we're talking right now. DC Divas will be taking on uh, the Columbus uh, Comets. And then you also have Minnesota against St. Louis, the Vixen against the St. Louis Slam. Kern County Crusaders taking on Nevada Storm. Nevada, an impressive win against Sin City, and they are the number one D3 uh, football team nationwide. So congratulations to the Nevada Storm for pulling out the big win, and now they're going to take on Kern County this coming week. Uh, Detroit Dark Angels, we haven't talked a lot. In the last two weeks, we have big tests here coming against Pittsburgh, a big-time rival, Pittsburgh-Detroit. The passion looking to rebound after that loss against the Divas. And now we're looking for the Detroit uh, Angels to kind of figure out uh, this would be a big win if they get it against Pittsburgh, especially at home. And then you have the uh, Mississippi Panthers taking on Derby City. In the WNFC, you have one matchup coming up May 25th. It is a rubber matchup here. The San Diego Surge uh, taking on the San Diego Rebellion. That's one of the matchups that we have there. And that's the key matchup that we're going with um, so far and we'll see how it turns out. And you can catch it on the Rebellion Facebook page, or you can go to WNFC.TV, uh, WNFC.TV, and you catch that well as well. So uh, a lot of action happening internationally, a lot of action happening in, in domestically, and uh, we're going to keep tabs on everything that's going on in the women's game weekly. Go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties, and you can check out our Instagram as well. Um, Kelly Hughes out there on the Instagram as well. So uh, for Troy Wilson and for the absent Louise Bean and Mackenzie Brooks and Holly Custis, uh, Oscar Lopez saying catch us here for 275 on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Cast, Player FM, uh, Indie Rap Radio, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and always right here on Block Talk Radio. So have a great night, everybody.